0: Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Pod, part of the Full Press Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Stenra, and joining me is one of my usual co-hosts, Kayla Morton. Kayla, how are things going?
1: Going well.
0: How about you? Uh, I'm doing pretty decent. I know we're we're recording this a little later than we wanted to. It's a Saturday, early morning Saturday here on the 14th. So uh, hopefully people have enough time to listen to this. Sorry about the inconveniences, but uh, um, unfortunately Alessandro couldn't join us, but we have... I would say I, I I guess our usual guest host, uh Braden Holseek joining us again. Braden,
2: how are things for you? Oh, pretty good. It's been a fun week, so I'm excited to join you guys again and thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you you're coming in and uh joining and uh, completing the trio. Uh, cool. and uh I guess uh I don't I don't have any cats but uh Alessandro and Kayla are pretty uh, cat farm uh uh Enthusiastic, yeah cat farm 2019 <laughs> enthusiastic although we have to change that soon we only got a, a few weeks left of that um and we only have a few weeks left of the nfl season which means we're you know yeah. dead center of the fantasy playoffs right now um i know s- some championships are even this week uh i know for most leagues this is the semi-final uh, maybe even quarterfinal if you're playing week 17 sorry if you are um but uh, yes, you know, everything we're going to talk about today is incredibly important. And I think, especially this week, a lot of times Thursday night can influence our decisions. Uh, you know, whether you played someone who went off big or played against someone who had a, a monster game or even played someone who was a disappointment, it kind of changes your, your strategy and approach a little bit. So uh, any bit of information can help. And uh, well, the information we have is the the Ravens uh, took care of business against the Jets, beat them 42-21. Um, they did cover their ridiculous 14 and half points. Actually, that wasn't ridiculous at all. I thought that was far too low. Only winning by 21, might, that that was probably around in line with what I thought. Uh, I guess it was the usual suspects in this game that performed. I mean, uh, Sam Darnold threw 18 or 32, 218, two touchdowns and interception. You know, I guess this is a tough defense. It's kind of what you expect in terms of performance. Maybe fantasy-wise, even a little better. He did fumble and lose a fumble too, so... You know, it wasn't uh, wasn't the necessarily the greatest fantasy performance, but I don't know that people were expecting Darnold, and I don't know how many people actually started him. Uh, on the ground, uh, Le'Veon Bell returned, and no surprise, got the majority of the carries. Uh, Twenty-one carries for 87 yards, uh, caught both targets, but only one yard. Um, the both touchdowns actually were caught by Jameson Crowder. Uh, 11 targets, 6 catches, 90 yards, so uh, great game for Crowder for anyone who played him. Robbie Anderson did all right, 6 targets, 4 catches, 66 yards. Uh, Vincent Smith, 3 catches, 40 yards, and then uh, 1 catch each for Jeff Smith, Daniel Brown, and Ty Montgomery. Montgomery also got 5 yards on the ground, again, only 2 carries. Uh, Bell was the workhorse back, as we expected, although no touchdowns meant that uh, it was sort of a, a capped upside game. Again, going against the Ravens defense, I don't know what people were necessarily expecting. Um, on the Ravens side, I mean, I, I, it, this was a game where, you know, we weren't, you know, wasn't 100% sure if, if Jackson was going to play early in the week. I mean, as it, as the week went on, it, he was assured everyone he would. It was Mark Andrews that was really the, the game time decision. And I know it maybe scared some people off of Jackson. He ended up going, you know, only 20, throwing 23 times, only 220, 212 yards, sorry, but five passing touchdowns. Uh, the third time he's done so this season. Uh, he also ran for 86 yards, so very typical Lamar Jackson game. He fumbled, which uh, was something he did uh, quite a lot last year. actually something that he's improved on greatly. Because um, how many fumbles does he have? I'll look that up. I'll find that later. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a, an amazing fantasy season for Jackson. And if you trusted him, you were rewarded. And if you played against him, you're going to be having to, to chase upside on players more and not look for the four pl- floor plays. You're going chasing after ceiling after basically every player to try and catch up. Uh, Mark Ingram, again, gets a tough run, Jets run defense. I know I had him in a, in one spot, and I, I did play him. I was questioning not doing so, and I, I did play him and was rewarded. He scored two touchdowns, 76 yards on the ground, uh, caught his only reception was the touchdown reception too. So uh, great game for Ingram. Uh, the other, oh, again, five passing touchdowns. So there was definitely the, no one caught more than one. So the, the wealth was spread. Seth Roberts, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, and Miles Boykin all caught touchdowns. Uh, Seth Roberts actually ended up leading them in receiving yards with 66, uh, and Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown tied for the lead in receptions with four for 52 for Andrews, four for 45 for Brown. So uh, you're pretty happy with all them, mostly because of touchdowns that kind of helped uh, elevate everyone's value. Uh, if you played Marquise Miles Boykin, I th- I'm pretty sure that was the first touchdown the game was to Miles Boykin. Or one of the early ones, so you, you thought it'd be good, and that ended up being his only reception. But uh, do you have guys have any takeaways from this game?
2: Uh, not a whole lot, really. I guess. I guess just um, Mark Ingram. I was a little surprised. I was I was facing him in one league, so I didn't know if he'd get that much, but he had a pretty big game for sure.
0: Yeah. Again, the uh, the Jets' pass defense was very vulnerable. A lot of injuries, so they sense that and uh that jackson threw five touchdowns but yeah I, I agree i was also tempering expectations on ingram and i think he surpassed them i mean getting two touchdowns i always felt that was going to be his his this week we anyway i kind of treated him as touchdown dependent but knowing that this raven's offense gives him such a good chance to score and he does get a lot of opportunities to do so um anyway kayla uh, if you have anything to say you can you can add that if not we can talk about the the first game of our preview in this episode the buccaneers at the lions
1: yeah, just there's one league that I'm in that a guy, right before the trade deadline, traded Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram for Aaron Jones and Cortland Sutton, and I'm the only one who vetoed that trade, so it passed. But uh, he's playing the guy he traded with, so I think it's karma, and I'm ready to see him eliminated from the playoffs. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't listen to the podcast, but it was just, it was so frustrating when that trade came up because he wanted to trade me to Sean Watson for either Tyler Lockett or Mike Evans. But like my team is so depleted that I didn't feel like I could lose either one of them. And I was like, what about Lamar Jackson? Like if you offer him, then I'll do one of them. And he was like, no, I can't trade Lamar Jackson. And then boom, the next day, Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Yeah. On. I was like, you know what? I can't like, it wasn't even, I was upset. It was just like, this is so unfair. <laughs> But that I just had to get that out because I was watching it and I was like, yep, this is this is why you don't make trades like that. But
0: obviously, obviously that player was desperate for a wide receiver, it seems.
1: Yeah, he was. But I was like, just because he's listed as a number one does not mean you are a number one. I was like, how many guys have been throwing to him this year? Like four. (laughs) But. Hey, you know yeah. what? You do you. You spend $100 on a league, and you want to make that trade?
0: Go for yeah. it. Yeah, and I mean, it, that speaks to depth at positions, right? Especially running back wide receiver. It's important because you don't want to be you know, behind at those positions because then you, you're going to get fleeced in trades. And uh, you know, in Superflex, same thing with quarterbacks. You really want to make sure you have quarterback depth. Uh, I got Saquon Barkley off a of guy. I basically just gave up Josh Allen. There's a few other pieces in but it essentially ended up being just basically Barkley for Allen straight up with some depth pieces that we've all cut since then it doesn't really matter but they they needed a quarterback they were so desperate and i took advantage so sometimes that come, comes in there and the timing it does seem unfortunate though that you were in negotiations and refused to sell a player and then sold the next day. I'd, I'd be kind of frustrated as well so you can certainly understand those emotions
1: that's fine we're both about to be eliminated so it doesn't matter um but yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead with the Tampa Bay at Detroit game. So uh, starting with Tampa Bay, uh, quarterback Jameis Winston, uh, I think you have to start him against a very depleted Lions team on both sides of the football. Um, he is listed as questionable with his minor thumb injury that he picked up last game, but the team said he's going to play. And they don't really have any reservations about that. So you're not suddenly going to bench someone who airs the ball out on every pass against good defenses, uh, especially now when they're playing the Lions who doesn't have a good defense. Um Are his interceptions annoying? Yes, but I've brushed them off. Um, He had three interceptions last week, but finished with 456 yards and four touchdowns. Approximately 47.3 fantasy points, depending on how your league is set up. So would I have liked 50 points? Yes, but I'm not going to be upset with 47. Um, So I think going against a poor defense, even though he's going to be without Mike Evans um, with his hamstring injury, you still have to trust him. He's going to throw the ball wherever he wants all the time. Um, and then with Mike Evans being out, uh, Chris Godwin suddenly is very attractive. Um, he's had multiple games of outperforming Evans when they're both on the field. So now that the volume is going to be likely split up between him and uh, Justin Watson, who's going to fill in for Mike Evans, uh, he's going to see a lot more targets, I think, especially against a defense that's 27th ranked in the NFL in the past. Um, Godwin should be able to torch them. I expect a big game from him. Um, And I'm also confident in starting Justin Watson. He has been reported to be the replacement for Evans. Um, He is listed behind Brashad Perriman on the depth chart. However, he was targeted more times and caught more balls than Perriman last week when Evans went out. Um, He was 5 of 8 for 59 yards and a touchdown. So if you're in PPR, that's even better. But you still got a touchdown and almost 60 yards from a guy in standard league. So um, going against a poor defense, I think Watson is a sleeper. He's not going to be owned. He's available. Uh, You can pick him up with confidence, in my opinion. Um, and then you can also pick up Tampa Bay's defense. Um, the only time Tampa Bay hasn't recorded any sacks against this, a team this year was week four versus New Orleans. Um, they have two defensive scores in the last three weeks. They have seven takeaways in the last three weeks. Um, and Detroit is on their number three quarterback. Uh, they don't have an established run game. They lost Marvin Jones this week and already on to their backup tight end. So All those are in the plus category, and uh, they probably aren't owned in your league, so you can go pick them up. And then you could consider starting running backs Ronald Jones and uh, Peyton Barber. Jones was named a starter a few weeks ago, but he's now working in tandem again with Barber. Um, It's hard to trust a backfield committee, especially when the yards per carry is low. Um, It's on the flip side that does raise the stock for Peyton Barber. Um, The good news is he isn't the backup, but again, his touches are limited and the yards per carry is low. Um, Detroit is so depleted, though, as a team that both could see more time, um, but I don't think they're worth trusting, but if it's in the spot where you need to start one of them, it's not the worst option with their matchup. Um, and then both tight ends, OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. I don't have enough reasons to fully start them, but I don't have enough reasons to fully sit them either. Um, O.J. Howard has two games in a row with more than 60 yards, but we've seen this tight end pattern or really lack thereof this season. Um, Once one tight end has a good game, it's like the other one shines the following week. But, I mean, maybe it's good that we actually see back-to-back games of Howard being uh, successful. But um, with Mike Evans out again, it seems like Howard has to be the obvious go-to based on the history, but it's so unpredictable that I really don't have a good reason to do one way or the other um, if you think the game is going to be completely lopsided though like I do then Howard is worth a glance as a start um, Cameron Brait though was a red zone target last week and caught all four of his passes but he'll likely need a touchdown to have a successful day um, as he had just 30 yards so with the same unpredictability problem as Howard uh, it's hard to trust so if you want to chase red zone and touchdown looks then you trust Brait but Again, not super excited about either one of them. And then Mike Evans, obviously, you're going to sit. He's already been ruled out with his hamstring injury, and he's been doubtful all week. So you've probably been planning uh, to not play him anyway. Um, for Detroit, there's only two guys that I could consider starting with confidence. Uh, that's Kenny Galladay. He's continued to shine with the injuries uh, falling around him. He figures out how to get open despite the coverage week in and week out. This isn't new for him. Um, he's not just going to be you know, double teamed for the first time. He's not going to be relied on. For the first time, um, he's really the only guy I trust to catch passes in the game for Detroit. Um, he is on a two game touchdown streak and he has 10 touchdowns in 14 games, despite how the Lions year is going. And Tampa Bay is ranked last in pass defense. So I think he's a big sleeper. I think this game will be a blowout, but Detroit will be able to move the football at some point. Um So you got to go with Galladay again. You've been going with him all year, and he's paid off. So uh, the only other guy that I can see is Danny Amendola. He's going to enter the game as the number two wide receiver, and we've seen him expose bad defenses. The first game that comes to mind is week one against Arizona, where everybody was real quick to add him because he had 13 targets. Um, But he should be on pace to see a lot of targets again, uh, in and out of the slot, in in my opinion. Um, So I'll make a bold prediction and say he scores, uh, but – I think, you know, if you're looking for somebody to pick up because you have guys like Evans down or, you know, you lost Alshon Jeffrey or Devontae Parker doesn't play with his concussion, then, you know, suddenly Amandola looks really appeasing. So um, on the maybe category, I put David Blau in there. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't start him, but if you do, for whatever reason, he's probably going to have to throw the living daylights out of the entire game. Um, He has over 200 yards in both games started, but he has a three to three touchdown to interception ratio and low fantasy points. You're going to really be relying on garbage time uh, if you want points from him. And then the only other maybe I have is running back J.D. McKissick. I trust him more than any other running back, even though he's listed behind Ty Johnson if Bo Scarborough misses the game. Um, He hasn't been practicing Scarborough with a rib injury. So uh, if he plays, he's probably going to be limited or not have a complete game. So that's why I think you sit him and kind of rely on McKissick if for some reason you need to play a Detroit running back. Um, He has pass catching. He's a pass catching back. He has catching – I don't know what the word is. Um, he's going to catch the ball. Um, he has minimal production, though, so it's really just if for whatever reason you need to play somebody back there, then go with him, but try to avoid that at all costs. Um, and then Ty Johnson, he is listed ahead of McKissick behind Scarborough, but he's not being used, and he couldn't step up to be the starter when he was named the starter after on Johnson went on IR, so there's nothing that tells me he's going to be able to do it again. Um, and then wide receiver Chris Lacey, he was promoted to the number three wide receiver on this team, but has just been used on special teams, so I have no idea how he's going to be used. Um, and that goes with wide receiver Travis Fulgham, too. He was bumped to the active roster. He'll probably enter the game as a number four wide receiver, but again, no idea how he's going to be used. Um, and looking at tight ends, uh, TJ Hawkinson, the dude's on IR if he missed it. Um, so they're starting Jesse James. He's their starting tight end, He came over from Pittsburgh, but he caught just one pass for 23 yards in this first game as a starter, so that doesn't make me want to start him. Um, and then Logan Thomas, another tight end. He did have a season high in targets with four last week with Hawkinson out, but he finished with less yards than James with 21. So that's not you know, exciting either. Um, and then again, Marvin Jones, you're shitting him. You're probably releasing him because he's on IR if you missed it. Uh, Driscoll's not going to play. He's on IR. Stafford, he's not on IR, but he's out again. So if you missed that... <laughs> That uh, he's still not gonna play. So a lot of a lot of injuries on Detroit. I feel like I'm covering the Dolphins. So what do you guys think?
0: <laughs> well, I think that's uh, all. Those in case you missed it, a bit of a dig at me last week. I know uh, in the podcast I was talking about. Hawkins. I didn't even
1: think about that. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay, but, um, okay.
0: Now, to my credit, I was saying sit Hawkinson. I wasn't telling to start him, but then, you know, you guys informed me, yeah, he's on IR, so yeah, he, you don't really need to say to sit him.
1: <laughs> I mean, at least you knew to sit him anyway.
0: <laughs> um, I've I'd been I'd be pretty sure I've been saying that all year. <laughs> oh yeah, the Cardinals game. Uh, but then, um, yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything. Uh, I do, I know you're, you're, you seem, you know, seems like you're higher on Watson than everyone else for the Buccaneers. I, I'm just unsure of how it's going to be. We know Godwin's the number one target there, but who is the number two, number three, number four? I mean, that's that's all question marks. So it's, it is it is kind of scary. Um, I know Watson, in terms of his athletic ability, makes you think you could definitely take a shot at him. I know Rashad Perryman has the draft capital behind him, but he's been a disappointment throughout his entire career. Uh, really hasn't put it together. <laughs> Was last week one of his best games ever? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Uh, I actually think with Jameis Winston's relationship that uh, Howard and Braid end up being the number two and number three targets, at least for this week. So uh, I'm a lot more willing to play Brait than I am Watson or Perryman. I have them actually that I have all three. I picked up all three just to have them all. And so no one else could use them in a, a contract league, but it's a tight end premium. So because of that tight end premium, I'm definitely going Brait. If all things were equal, I don't know that I wouldn't go Brait. I would probably, you know, I, I, all three of them, you're pretty much, you know, you're flim- uh, flipping a three way coin between them. So, uh, again, if if it's tight end premium, I think I'm definitely going great. But if it's not, and you know, all things are scored considered equal, um, yeah, I probably would lean. You know, Watson just the sheer athletic ability. I kind of like that call. Uh, I know I've been hearing a lot. You know, a few other podcasts where uh, that debate and argument has happened. I know the fantasy footballers they talked about it, and Jason Moore was heavy on favor of Watson, whereas Mike and Andy were heavy on favor of Perryman. So uh, curious to see what it's going to be this week. It might. Be- <coughs> I think it's important to watch this game to see how that ends up happening for week 16. So we know who, who is going to be the number two, number three guy, but uh, I do like your calling your shot on Watson, Kayla. Brady, do you man. have any, anything to add?
2: Um, Not really. I guess for Tampa Bay, I'm not sure. is uh, the rookie Scotty Miller. Do you guys know if he's injured or healthy? I believe I, he's
0: listed as I, questionable. I'll check the injury report again.
2: Okay. I, I just know the last, month or so he's been uh, featured in a little bit more. I mean, maybe that's not saying much, but yeah, you guys are probably right. I think Howard and uh, Braid are probably going to be the second and third best option there uh, for Detroit. I mean, I guess if you have to start anybody, Colin um, uh, the guy like Kayla said, because I think Bo Scarborough, he's so touchdown dependent. Uh, so it's hard to rely on him. Um, other than that, I don't really have, I guess, anything else to add there.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to talk about Miller, he was a limited practice participant this week with a hamstring injury, but he does not have an injury designation entering the week, so he's playing. It appears so. Uh, to your credit, he might he might do something because uh the other thing, Bruce Arians drafted Scott Miller. He hasn't drafted any of these other receivers, so right. right. That does that mean something to 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 Bruce? Is he gonna prioritize the guy he drafted here? Uh, but back to the the Lions, actually, quick. Kayla, I, I like the call of McKissick, actually, of being the only uh, one you'd consider uh, of the, the running backs anyway because of his pass catching. Uh, so that, that's a good point. In a game that um, I'm not necessarily convinced it's going to be a blowout, but I have very little faith in Jameis Winston with considering his hand, but just regular anyway, mostly because of his brain. But now it's his brain and his hand, so... Uh, Vegas has it as a four four and a half point favorites for the Bucks on the road, so that does tell them something. They, they think the Bucks are probably a, about a touchdown uh, difference in a neutral zone, in a neutral territory. So, you know, you might yeah, be right about I'll that, actually. Yeah. Um, David Blough has played well. I, I think he can can make it interesting, but but I think the point is though, they're probably gonna, Detroit's not going to be able to just run the football here. They're going to have to pass, especially to keep up with the Buccaneers. So McKissick makes. The only sense as a running back, but I again, I think you 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 hit it dead on. Galladay and Amendola are the only lines you can really trust. Even Blau and Superflex is it's tough. It's it's not the worst play, but it's definitely it's. I think you you you're, you're, you're spot close, on. It's
1: close It, it
0: is. well again Superflex. You, any starting quarterback is worth uh, you know certainly rostered. I mean you should be on every Superflex roster, but
1: it's true.
0: It's it is a great matchup. It's the only reason you'd consider him, but um, yeah, I I think good call pretty much all the way through. Thank you. Uh, Vikings at Chargers now. Uh, to me, there's only one Vikings player that I'm trusting. It's Dalvin Cook. Uh, part of it because where the the Chargers defense has been vulnerable, 12th most fantasy points given up to running backs, but then all the way down, the third fewest to wide receivers. So it definitely it, we know the Vikings want to run the football as much as possible. This is an opponent that's set up to do so. You don't you want to keep that pass rush away from Kirk Cousins. So. Um, I don't know that he's gonna only pass it ten times like we saw in week one, because I, uh, I, we'll see. The Vikings defense, I don't think they can hold the Chargers down too much, but it, it might be another one of those games where he's only throwing around twenty times, uh, and it's gonna be mostly Dalvin Cook. Is uh, Alexander Madison's actually been ruled out for this week? Uh, means Amir Abdullah becomes the backup. I don't think even. He, I don't think he's worth playing. I don't know that he's going to get enough carries. I think it's Cook looked healthy last week, and it seemed like the, there hasn't been any aggravations. He practiced mostly fully this week. So I'd say Cook's one of the best plays on the slate this week. I know in DFS, I'm looking at DraftKings Yahoo, they have him as the second highest price on the, the Sunday slate. But uh, McCaffrey's the only one higher. So you kind of take that hint. And, uh, you know, Definitely not going to be surprised if he's a top five running back this week. Even top three uh, for the chargers. I'd consider playing Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. Uh, Vikings definitely have some good corners, but they have been struggling this year. Um, and even so they are more vulnerable up the middle. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, if, if the, if the chargers are playing with Allen in the slot, it probably means Xavier Rhodes is going to be covering Mike Williams. So it leaves things open for Allen for Eckler and for Hunter Henry. So I think they're all worth playing. Uh, I have Kirk Cousins and Diggs as as maybes. Uh, again, I talked about uh, the Chargers' third fewest points allowed to wide receivers, fourth fewest points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, so i i definitely temper expectations on both Cousins and Diggs. Uh, I especially feel that Diggs isn't going to get a all the the work sh- uh, you know a ton of the the targets as he usually does, at least as he has been these last few weeks, because uh, it does appear that Adam Thielen is coming back. Uh, I would sit Adam Thielen, though. i would be really tough to trust him this week coming back. I know the Chargers have gotten healthy as well on the defensive side, so their secondaries improved health-wise. So there really is no spot for him to exploit. If he's in the slot, it doesn't necessarily make that a good matchup. Uh, might end up even seeing some Derwin James. Um, and if Thielen's back, I think you... Not only do you bench Kyle Rudolph and, and Irv Smith, I think they're back to being droppable again. We've talked about that, that they weren't really worth rostering when Thielen was there because Thielen and Diggs ate up all the targets, and now Thielen's back. I think it's back to that. I think I don't think you can trust any pass catcher on Minnesota except Diggs, and even then I'm, I'm a little scared of Diggs this week because it's a tough matchup against Casey Hayward. I have Melvin Gordon as a maybe because uh, the Vikings is a tough run defense. That's why I definitely feel stronger about Keenan Allen and – Eckler certainly is the pass catching running back um, because Minnesota's allowed the, it's the eighth fewest run- fantasy points to running backs in half point PPR leagues. So uh, the touchdown, that's where, where Gordon's really been succeeding has been through touchdowns. Uh, those odds aren't the greatest this week against Minnesota. So I, I, you know, it's still, I'm going to play Gordon in a couple spots, but I, I'm definitely thinking about it. I, you know, having to consider, uh, I know in one spot, it's if Josh Jacobs isn't a go and uh, we have De- Deandre Washington getting the majority of the carries against Jacksonville, I think I might lean Washington. It does look like G- J- Jacobs is going to play. And um, is this game a one o'clock game? Cause if so, I really don't have the choice. No, it is a four o'clock game. So at least at this point you would get to kind of, I'd have that information. Also, I'll know if Jacobs is playing, but that's at the level where I'm at with Gordon as someone with a great matchup, I'd favor that. And uh, again, I have Phillip Rivers as a maybe. Uh, Maybe in Superflex, he's probably more in the must-start range. But uh, there's some some mid-season struggles. And last week, he he looked really good. It was against the Jaguars, though. So a team that's kind of falling apart, not really playing for anything. Whereas they're playing a Vikings team that's in the middle of a playoff race. And frankly, right in the middle of a division race still. So uh definitely a defense is gonna play him harder than he did last week. So I wouldn't expect a monster performance like we saw. Uh certainly again, Mike Williams. I'm if he sees a lot of Xavier Rhodes, I'm I'm really scared off of him this week. I know he finally got his touchdown last week. But uh I definitely would not really wanna play him coming into this game. Uh so that's it for me. Kayla, do you have anything to add?
1: Um I did like I would like to say that I called Mike Williams getting a touchdown last week. So
0: you did. I, I was skeptical and I wasn't really crazy I about it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't play him in the one league I was in. I uh, still managed to win that league. So it was fine. Uh, more. That was more Aaron Jones saving me with the touchdown and the, the massive performance. But yeah, you're right about that. But so do you think, do you think Mike Williams is in line this week?
1: Um, I would probably play um, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry again, just because I, um, I mean, for whatever reason, I love Philip Rivers, but um, I think you know, even in games where he struggles, he still sends the ball plenty of times to Allen or Henry, and Eckler's just proving that week in and week out, no matter what the defense is, that he's an option in the receiving game as a passing back. Um, so, I I don't think it, it matters really how the Chargers do as a team. I think all three of them are gonna be see the most targets. Um, so. I mean Mike Williams could get the the long ball again. I know they they offer some shots for that, but it's not as reliable as Alan Eckler and Henry. Um so I think even with the defensive matchup, you shouldn't be afraid to start those three for the Chargers. Um I know my my dad, for example, has uh, all three of them on his team. And he's like, I'm going to play all of them. I play them all every week. And I'm just like, okay, like, why not? Um, well,
0: most weeks you'd probably be right in, in a lot of cases. Certainly with Eckler. I mean, he's is he, I think he's still a top five running back at this point.
1: Yeah, he is. And he was really high on him in the draft. He was like, I know that Melvin Gordon's out, but even when he comes back, he's going to catch the football. And that has, you know, stayed true. So um, I think he, he took him pretty high. So Pay, it's paying off, and I know I'm I'm going against him in one of my leagues, and he has all of them, and Philip Rivers. So you know this is not the week for Philip Rivers to show how much he can shine. <laughs> but <laughs> I think for for fantasy, yeah, I mean it. Philip Rivers isn't a sit, but I'm still afraid with his interceptions. You know he's not like Jameis Winston where he gets 456 yards when he throws three interceptions. It's you know you blow the game and you don't have that many points. So um, yeah, I, I like the call pretty
2: much with where everybody is. Um, so, good job. Uh, Braden, you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for Minnesota, it's so hard to uh, to really trust Kirk Cousins some weeks, and I think this is one of those weeks. So, uh, I think Dalvin Cook really is the only guy I would trust there, especially with Madison out. Uh, and then for the Chargers, uh, <laughs> yeah, right now I think – Philip Rivers is just trying to do the best he can to end this season. So I would agree with like Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen, just trying to go out with the Bane um, since they're not going to make the playoffs. So yeah, I can't really add much there. I just agree with pretty much most of that.
0: So we'll uh, get to another game. It's uh, another AFC West game. So uh, you, you know, this division pretty well being the chiefs, managing editor Jaguars at Raiders. And uh, before you get into to talking about certain players, the big question here is Josh Jacobs. Uh, do you know what's if he's going to play or not? What, what's uh, that lineup to be?
2: Um, I don't. I think he's going to play. I think he tweeted out something yesterday that he said, like kind of along the lines, like screw it, I'm going to play no matter what. So as far as I know, I think he's playing, but I haven't really seen a lot of clarification on that. Mm,
0: okay, so there goes my DeAndre Washington call. If he does,
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah.
0: Let, uh, so get into the players that you want to play in this game.
2: Uh, so I would start with D.D. Westbrook. The Raiders are allowing about 174 yards per game to fantasy wideouts, and he's been the uh, hot target right now for kind of a depleted uh, core of weapons for the Jaguars, and I think D.D. Westbrook also is is really coming into his zone. Uh, also, for Jacksonville, I would go Leonard Fournette. I think he's really done a good job this year of just kind of staying, you know, the course, staying consistent. Um for the Raiders, I I kind of had Derek Carr as a maybe, but I kind of want to almost move him to the start because this is going to be the last game in Oakland. I think the Raiders are going to be celebrating it a little bit, and the Jaguars, I think, are kind of ready to just book their vacations in Jamaica or wherever, so I think they've kind of quit on the season. So I think I'd actually move Derek Carr up to the start if you absolutely have to play him. Uh, meanwhile, Josh Jacobs, if he does play the Jaguars are – allowing about 164 yards per game to fantasy running back. So Jacob should have a big day. Uh, he's been, obviously, I think most of the year, getting about 100-yard games every week. So he should be able to do that against this Jaguars defense. And then I would also start Darren Waller. He has uh, double-digit fantasy games in three of the last four weeks. So he's been, once again, kind of the um, security blanket for Carr there. So those are kind of the guys I would lean to starting. Uh, in the maybe category for the Raiders, I have Tyrell Williams. It's been really interesting to see how he started the season and now where he's come now. He's kind of, uh, I think, only had a few catches over the last uh, three to four games. So Tyrell Williams has been uh, having a really unclear role. But I think he, if he wanted to start him, I think he'd maybe have a chance to pay off in the end, maybe get a touchdown against this Jaguars secondary. And then I would also go with Gardner Minshew because this Raiders secondary certainly has been uh, disappointing as of late. So I don't really have a lot of definite sits in this game, mostly because I just, I don't really even know if anyone on the Jaguars besides Westbrook and Fournette is really um, consistently doing much right now. And then for the Raiders, I know Hunter Renfro is still out and uh, Zay Jones, I just, I don't know if he'd get more than a few catches per game. So that's pretty much most I have on that one
0: um so yeah uh kayla do you want to add anything to this game
1: yeah um talking about the wide receivers in oakland i think it's really interesting how you know you brought up that hunter renfro still out and you know zay jones was acquired from the bills and he's a number third wide number three wide receiver and he's still only getting a small amount of catches per game but yet tyra williams is doing even worse so he's not having the fantasy production, which doesn't make sense, which is why you see Darren Waller having games with a hundred yards or seven catches or, you know, Josh Jacobs is really taking control on the ground. And I think Oakland's honestly gotten really lucky. I know they took um, Jacobs really high in the draft, maybe higher than a lot of teams are thinking, but, you know, ownership was like, I'm going to go out and get him. I mean, there was a whole report on NFL network about it, about why they did that. And, you know, people were probably like scratching their heads when they took him, when they did um, but he's paid off and I think you know Oakland wouldn't be where they would they where they are right now if it wasn't for Jacobs because you know Derek Carr's not having a great year Um, clearly with how the receivers haven't been able to catch the ball but I mean you can't put blame on just one side of those I think both are at fault but you know, Darren Waller is really the only bright spot in the receiving game as of late. I was really confident, you know, when Antonio Brown was gone and Tyra Williams started the year so strong, you're like, you know, this is finally his time, you know, I was... I was confused as to why the Chargers released him anyway um, with the way that he played for them, even with all the weapons in their offense. So um, I've seen a lot of reports and speculations saying that Tyrell Williams is going to have a huge game. The matchup makes sense, but he's also gone through games where the matchups did make sense and he hasn't. So I hope, you know, for his sake and fantasy sake, I'm trying to debate, honestly, whether to drop him this week and pick up the Bucks defense for one week in one of my leagues. But, you know, I have Chark, too, and he went down, so I'd be down to four wide receivers – I'd be down to three wide receivers. No, four. I picked up A.J. Brown. Um, that was a good up. But, uh, you know, I, just looking aside, it, it doesn't make sense for Tyrell Williams to have another bad day. So, um, I think it's a call where, you know, you could play him. It It's a low floor, though, just – even though it doesn't make sense, it keeps happening. So I think, you know, it's it's something to look at and it's hard to predict. So um, I like the call on it. Um, and yeah, really the only people trusting Jacobs and Waller. Um, but yeah, on Jacksonville side of the ball, I think the pass game with the receivers that you mentioned, they're going to have the opportunity to step up and, you know, be kind of your sleeper picks with Chark out already with, you know, his walking boot. Again, twins. Um, but I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think uh, the Jacksonville wide receivers are in for a day just with the way that the Oakland defense is and how much they give up. Um, but it's hard to guess which one will do well. But the one that you said is the, the best bet for it. So uh,
0: Because I think the issue with the Jaguars, there's they've got A.J. Boye. He's still a great corner. So some, some receivers are going to get shut out whether it's Williams or whether it's Jones I mean it's really it that depends on how the jags see them who who do they see as the bigger threat I mean I certainly think it's Williams who you know has struggled of late but he had his first 5 games this year had a touchdown in so um Maybe injury is affecting him. It's funny, Caleb, because I actually tried to drop him. Uh, I put a waiver claim in, I think, to pick up DeAndre Washington, actually. And uh, someone else claimed him. So I still have Williams on my team, but I'm at the point where, yeah, if I need to pick up another player, he's he's probably gone. Um, so if you really, to just to answer your question, if you really need a defense this week, and I would look at, uh, who do they play next week? I would look at to see. Are you are you would you, are you in a position to play Williams this week, or would he be sitting on your bench anyway?
1: Um, I could play him. I have right now. I have Edelman, Cup, and Landry going.
0: Yeah, I love all those options more. Uh, again, because I, I think he will see AJ Boye. That would be my guess. Uh, yeah. And just I could
1: we... still play AJ Brown. So.
0: Oh yeah, I and I like that more. And then next week he plays the Chargers, and he would probably see Casey Hayward. So I think he is droppable because I I just don't think. I just don't see when you'd start them in these next two weeks.
1: That's true. And I have the Saints defense now, but I don't know how much I want to play them against Indy. So I think yeah. Tampa Bay might be a better option. But...
0: Right. They're both risky. Um, yeah. Uh, both teams are playing offenses that like to run the football a lot and not throw as much. Or, no, actually, no, it's Yeah. Well, I guess it depends. One team, because of that's the way they're built, the other team, because of the quarterback situation. So. Uh, yeah.
1: Other 24
0: hours, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough call, though. But uh, I think both defenses are somewhat viable. But yeah, uh, just to add to this, Braden, I do wonder, uh, because this Raiders secondary is so weak, if a guy like uh, uh, Chris Conley actually becomes playable this week, maybe even Keelan Cole? Uh, it yep. does seem like that's those are going to be the two starting outside wide receivers with Westbrook in the slot. Uh, right, and
2: I, I think they just called up... Uh, I think it's CJ board from the practice squad. So, I mean, yeah, they're pretty depleted. So Conley, honestly, if you had to start him, he probably has made a better option than, than Cole, just because I think he's gotten the more consistent looks this year in Jacksonville.
0: You know, there probably aren't too many season long rosters that are going to need him. So it, it might actually be more of a DFS thing, but I, I right.
2: do
0: I, of them. I think Conley has a chance to at least do something <clears throat> this week. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think we're, uh, Good. Uh, I guess maybe the only Oakland receiver that I could also name is Keelan Doss in the slot, but he only ended up playing 44% of the snaps last week. So uh, it was his first game back. uh, So we'll see maybe that increases. But uh, with Hunter Renfrew out, it's still playable, but you're probably right. I think where you stuck with those top four anyway is is the the way to go. Uh, So Kayla, we're gonna go to Browns at Cardinals now.
1: Yes, we are. So um, Cleveland's visiting Arizona. So I got... A bunch of must-starts in the uh, Browns category. Going with Nick Chubb, um, his carries have decreased since Kareem Hunt came into the picture after he came back from suspension in Week 10, but he has no less than 15 carries in any game. So did I like seeing him have 20 or more carries? Absolutely. But he still has two 100-yard games in his last three games, even with his carries going down to 15. But if you know, you're know you upset that his carries are at 15, look at every other team in the NFL and see how many carries their starting running back gets. So it's not something yeah. to, to complain about. Um, he should be able to do damage on the ground in this game with ease uh, in my opinion Um, I also like Kareem Hunt Um, Cleveland is doing really well utilizing him on plays that they take Chubb out of the game for rest or when wide receivers are covered downfield for a dump off for example Um, he has seen a few more carries on the ground in recent weeks and has looked for in the red zone um, despite the weapons they have on the outside and Chubb on the ground um so it helps when he gets a touchdown obviously but um when he hasn't he's evened out solid production with a mix from the ground and in the air so I think they have a favorable uh matchup coming this week uh in Arizona um and then I do like Baker Mayfield I'm kind of relating this game to when the Browns played the Dolphins um I think he'll have a solid day even if the run game puts up scores because you remember when they played Miami both Hunt and Chubb had touchdowns, but Mayfield still had three passing touchdowns. So I think, um, he can toss multiple scores and put up a lot of points on the Cardinals. Uh, even though, you know, cross country road trips, it seems like teams from the East really struggle when they go West for whatever reason. Um, Pittsburgh did struggle for a while last week. Um, the only team that we really saw do really well this year was Carolina when I think they won by 17, but, um, I think, you know, Cleveland knows that they're still fighting for a wild card spot, so they're in must-win mode, Uh, and I think, you know, like I said, this game mirrors when both the pass game and the run game were successful, Um, and then I really like Jarvis Landry. He's the more favorable target in Cleveland who produces more in the end zone Um, and across the field just in general. I'm going to play him over OBJ because of the favorable red zone matchup and the ability that they'll have to move the ball, Um, so possibly you could think about playing Odell Beckham um I think he's gonna need a touchdown again to have a good fantasy day uh so yes with Mayfield passing a lot um it could happen we saw it in the Dolphins game but Landry already had two touchdowns before OBJ was looked for in the red zone so um that might have just been how coverage worked but the Dolphins can't really cover anyone so I don't really know um so, you know, though, the second that you bench Odell Beckham, he's going to have the best game of his season. So he's not a sit-em, but it's hard to trust him as a stardom just with the volume of guys they have on the offense. Um, but I still am going to play Landry Chubb and even Hunt over him because of the ball share. Uh, but, you know, that's up to your own opinion. That's just what I'm going to do. But I feel like my reasons are pretty valid on it. Um For Cleveland to sit him, Uh, David Njoku, he's back off of short term injured reserve, but he's not being used with all the other weapons on offense. He had four yards last week. Uh, so, you know, if you hold on to him, it's not really paying off, unfortunately. Um, but then something to note, kind of not really fantasy worthy. Um, wide receiver Damian Ratley was bumped up to the number three wide receiver and will start this game bumping Rashard Higgins down. Uh, so I don't really think a lot of people owned Rashard Higgins and no one owns Ratley, but um, he He isn't really worth a roster spot until, you know, somebody gets injured or they show that they just use him for whatever reason. Um, But he is a number three guy if somebody goes down. So if you see him on the stat sheet, that's why. Um, For Arizona, the only must-start that I see in this game is wide receiver Christian Kirk. Um, Stats-wise, he's the team's number one wide receiver. He saw 97% of the snaps against Pittsburgh, as for you, Kyle. And he caught 11 of uh, 16 passes in the last two weeks and saw 19 targets in the two weeks before those. So um, his numbers do go up and down when it comes to yards and fantasy production, but I think Arizona will have the ball enough and throw it enough to give him respectable yards on the day. Um, With that being said... I have Kyler Murray in the maybe category. Uh, Cleveland has done well with mobile quarterbacks this year. The most notably that comes to mind is Lamar Jackson. Um, Arizona continues to struggle as a whole, um, but It'll help that they're at home. Um, I think deep down, Arizona knows that they can play spoiler with a win and really hurt Cleveland's chances to win. So if I'm on a team that's not making the playoffs, who struggled to win games this year, that's going to put a spark under me to go out there and do my best. Um, so like I said, teams do struggle coming cross-country. Um, but I don't really think Arizona has enough together to get a great fantasy day out of him, but I don't think he's a bench Um And then Kenyon Drake, you're going to start him – possibly just because he is the sole starter. Um, David Johnson and Chase Edmonds really are the backups. There was a report that they would all split time, but that's just not really happening. Um, you, Yeah, you'd really just start him because he's the starter. Um, but Cleveland can be very stingy with the run defense. I mean, Baltimore almost lost that game uh, when they played Arizona at home. So uh, now that they're, they're the ones at home, it might help a little bit, but it's still just kind of hard to c- trust him. Um, and then Larry Fitzgerald, The last game was the first game since week seven where he dropped multiple passes. So he saw, he did see just one less target than Christian Kirk, but his stat line didn't show it. Um, the, the reason I have him in the maybe though, is that he can catch many passes at any given time when the ball is thrown his way. And he does have the ability for a lot of yards after the catch. So it makes it really hard to sit him. I mean, I've considered dropping him like seven times this year, but I've always found a reason to keep him. So, um, I don't think Cleveland's pass defense is as good as their rush defense, so it's kind of a toss-up if you have him and you have a depleted team like I do. It, it's, it's worth it. It's low end, but he's not a sit. Um, and then Keyshawn Johnson, uh, who's usually playing with um, – Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk uh he's still listed as a number three wide receiver on the depth chart but he continues to be a healthy scratch so they're not promoting anybody they're only using the two wide receivers so you're gonna sit Johnson because again he was a healthy scratch um And then Pharaoh Cooper, he's not being used. I mean, you could argue that he's being used more than Keyshawn Johnson because he is, but he's not being used enough in their game to make a difference. Um, And then shout out Charles Clay. He finally got his first touchdown as a Cardinal, but he had just one catch for that touchdown. So uh, you're not going to start him at tight end.
0: Just to comment quickly on Cooper. I mean, he only played 28% of the snaps last week, so... As you mentioned, even though he's out there, he's it's it's actually more Demaryius Bird would be the more the third if you were to consider any wide receiver would be I think it's Bird, but even that I mean I don't even know if he's really even worth owning in in leagues. So, uh, Braden, did you want to talk about this game at all?
2: Um, yeah, Cleveland. I mean, I I've been really kind of interested to see how they've used Kareem Hunt, and uh, it's kind of been fascinating to see uh, him catching passes out wide and then you know coming in motion getting inside handoffs. So I think he's, he's just as dangerous as Nick Chubb for sure. Um, other than that for Cleveland, <laughs> I I really want to see Odell Beckham uh, play somewhere else next year. I'm a big Odell fan, so I hope he gets freed, but I mean uh, definitely Jarvis Landry's the guy right now. Uh, it's just not, it's not been smooth flooding for Odell, especially like you said, getting touchdowns. So uh, other than that, I, it's really hard to trust Arizona right now because even though I think they can play, spoiler, for sure, they're such a young team overall. So um, I don't know how much you really trust there. Kyler Murray, for sure. And then, like you said, Christian Kirk. Uh, the running game is so, so muddy, though, like you said. The, I mean, uh, Kenyon Drake looks to be the starter, but it's such an unclear path right there that uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, for sure. Thanks.
0: Uh, I think maybe a change in coaching staff could help and you know Beckham could still stay in Cleveland and still be productive um and, and again I don't usually uh call for a coach getting fired after the first year but uh it clearly was a mistake to hire Freddie Kitchens I think so um but regardless uh you're right with Beckham Kayla uh he should be he should be a must start based on the matchup but he's gotten what two touchdowns this year and they have been against weak secondaries, right? We're talking the Jets. I know he had the big one against them. Uh believe against uh, Miami. Dolphins. Yeah. So, uh, Beckham, where is it? I just had this. Yeah, two touchdowns. So, it, it does seem like it. Th- these are the games where he scores. These, these weaker secondaries. Certainly the Cardinals are among them. So, uh, I know I'm... I, i'm actually debating playing him and that's i think a, why you you haven't placed properly because even though it should be a smash matchup we're still questioning it with the injury and you hey, he's managed to play through apparently all year so uh still scored touchdowns with those in, that injury uh i think the one league i have been where i'm de- really debating it was between him and kendrick Bourne. actually uh just seeing how much the the 49ers offense exploded last week um and it could happen against against the Falcons secondary. Ultimately, I think I'm going to play Beckham. But uh, Bourne was a, a consideration. And uh, again, I'll get to this Falcons 49ers game. It's a good transition. Uh, I don't think Bourne's a must-start, obviously. I also play him over Beckham. But I think he's a consideration. To me, the, the Falcons that are must-starts are Julio Jones and Austin Hooper. Julio because uh, three... And I looked this up, and I, I wrote about this in my, in my Going for 2 DFS article. Uh, three of the starting five... Uh, defensive backs for the 49ers are are out this week. Richard Sherman, uh, who would have probably been uh, covering Julio as much as possible, uh, Jaquiski Tart, uh, the starting strong safety, and also uh, Kwan Williams, who's their starting slot corner. Uh, you also have uh, D Ford on, on the defensive line, who's out, and D J Jones, another defensive lineman. So their 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 defense is actually quite hurt going into this week. Uh, certainly that that Saints game was an amazing game, but it didn't do many favors. There was a few players on both sides that left that game injured, uh, some for the season. I know the Saints have kind of gotten rocked with that with and, Marcus Davenport going out for the year. Uh, but it tells me that Julio, without Calvin Ridley, he's just going to see a ton of targets, and he's certainly capable against the secondary. The The big question is still that defensive line, but again, they're they're without two starters there, so maybe that the Falcons can hold up in, in pass protection enough. So I like Julio. Uh, I really like Austin Hooper this week. He's been Matt Ryan's. Uh, I think the, this is from the Football Guys. He's been their struggle. He's been the, Matt Ryan's struggle target this year. Whenever the pressure is getting to Ryan and he has to dump off, he's looking for Hooper. So could certainly see him getting a ton of targets this week against the Forty Nineers. Uh, I have Russell Gage as a maybe, uh, just because I, I, you know, he's a maybe borderline start actually because uh, again Kwan Williams being the starting slot corner not being there. He certainly leaves Russell Gage, who's replaced Mohamed Sanu as that main slot receiver. kind of increases odds for him, and he might also be a struggle target uh, along with Hooper. So uh, I think those are the top three for Atlanta in terms of their targets. And I think it's going to have to be through the air. So I, I think those are the three I'd mo- be most likely to play for Atlanta. I suppose Matt Ryan as well, but uh, I am a little worried. I have him as a maybe, but I mean, super flex. I think you've got to play Matt Ryan in single quarterback. Again, it's a maybe, but. Uh, I think their their success is going to come through the air. So it, certainly, from a volume perspective, even though it's a tough def- defensive matchup, I think Matt Ryan is fine. I certainly like Dr- Garoppolo better, though. Uh, I have him as a must start, um, and I, I you know D- great DFS play as well. I, I just think there's a ton of upside with Garoppolo this week. We saw last week, obviously in a dome uh, against New Orleans, how that went, and it's not going to be a dome here against Atlanta. This is going to be in San Francisco, but it's it's a it's a very weak secondary. Um, Atlanta's where are they? They've allowed the... Actually, I guess the 20th most fantasy points to... Oh, that's running backs, not quarterbacks. That'll help if I actually look at the right position. Um, yeah, third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. That makes a lot more sense, so uh, I'm thinking a big week for Garoppolo here is a must-start, and obviously George Kittle um, every week must-start. Um, must must-start? Uh, Mostert must-start, maybe. Uh, okay, so 20th most fantasy points to running backs. It's not, not the greatest uh, matchup, but Mostert's been getting a ton of, of carries lately and has really kind of established himself as the lead back. Uh Tevin Coleman's completely taken a back seat and it does seem like they're easing Matt Burita back into it. And uh, you know, Mostert in these last four games has four touchdowns. Uh he has a hundred yard game against Baltimore of all teams, uh, which is a really tough matchup. So I'm I'm a full go on Raheem Mostert. I know in two leagues I'm deciding between him and Freeman, and in both cases I'm gonna go with Mostert. I have Freeman as a maybe, but it it's a tough matchup against the 49ers and like I said, it's all through the air, I think. The only thing saving Freeman is his target share, but once again, he he has he has one carry from inside the 5 this year. Uh I believe Raheem Mostart even with only I think it's six red zone opportunities has uh is it it's yeah, also has only one carry from inside the five. So that's a little concerning that Freeman hasn't gotten that goal line duty, which has been earlier in his career in his heyday in the 2015 season when he was RB one overall, it was because he was getting so many goal line carries, but that hasn't been there at all this year. Even last week, Brian Hill got the goal line carry, not Freeman, even though Freeman had four red zone carries. It seems like right when they get really close and it's, you know, you know, a running back just needs to power through and fall in. They don't trust Freeman. So it's tough for me to trust him as a must start. Uh, for the forty ers I have Sanders and Samuel as maybes, but he, you know there's a strong case to play them. They're they're maybes with the kind of almost like Russell Gage, where I kind of feel stronger about about them. I have Matt Breida as a maybe as well because again, he he's come in and he's the number two guy there for sure. It does seem like Mostert last week got the red zone carries and and uh, you know since Coleman has become the third guy, it seems like Mostert's the goal line back, which is why I like him more than Breida, but Breida still catches passes and uh, gets enough carries, so uh, I don't mind breed as a play uh, for the, again, I already mentioned Kendrick Bourne as well. Uh, if you're in deeper leagues, if you're wide receiver needy, I, I'd consider Kendrick Bourne. I know maybe chasing points. He had the two touchdowns last week and, you know, not necessarily sustainable, but he's been playing a lot more snaps of late. And it, it does seem like Bourne is very firmly the third wide receiver there. Um, ended up with 57% of the snaps uh, last week. Uh, he had 70% of the snaps a few weeks ago as well. Um, that was one of Sand- That was the game Sanders got hurt, though. So take that as a caveat there. But uh, it does seem like he really is the third wide receiver for them. I'd sit Brian Hill. Again, tough matchup. Even though he does get the goal line work, he doesn't catch passes. And that's why I still prefer Freeman, but I, I don't particularly like either. Uh, like I said, be- bench Tevin Coleman. Bench Dante Pettis. I mean, in redraft, you can probably drop him. In Dynasty, I'd still hold on. Uh, he's a second-round over- second pick. In the NFL draft, and even if Kyle Shanahan doesn't like his study habits, somewhere along the way, someone's gonna gonna pick him up. So I, you know, hold on to Pettison dynasty, but in redraft, you could just drop him. He's, it doesn't seem like he and Shanahan are gonna get along very much at all this year. So, uh, Braden, do you
2: want to add anything? Um, I guess the only reason, like, <laughs> um, I would like maybe try to be a little skeptical of san francisco's running back situation is kevin coleman's facing his former team so maybe they just want to try to you know give him a, a bigger chance and see if he can come through other than that though i i do think mostert's still kind of the lead guy right now especially with brita slowly coming back so i think the the mostert is probably the best option on the running backs and for san francisco also i think Devo Samuel's really, really been one of the most trustable uh, wide receivers, probably on the team, even a little bit more than Sanders. So uh, Devo Samuel, I I would definitely want to start him. I think I'm starting him in one league. Uh, For Atlanta, though, uh, again, with Calvin Ridley out, you made a good point with Russell Gage. He's a guy I've really, really enjoyed uh, seeing his uh, his, uh, status kind of grow and and see him improve. So I think I'd agree with most of that. I just think this this is a game that feels like it could be a shootout. So I think if you have most of these players, um, I would I would take a chance on starting them for sure.
0: Yeah, I am thinking about it more. I do feel like I should have both Sanders and Samuel in the in the must start as opposed to the maybe. Um, Kayla, do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, um, I like Raheem Mostert just because uh, he scored at least thirteen points per game. Um, In PPR leagues for the last three games in a row and uh, since week three Atlanta has allowed a running back to either score or gain 100 uh, total yards in nine of those 11 games Um, so I think I think the upside is there Um, I just hope that he can can fulfill it um, because it's still left to be seen how much they're going to use him um, if it's going to be kind of like a committee because I don't really think you can sit someone like Tevin Coleman but uh, I think just with the way that they've been using them Mostert is the better option but again like just because we think that doesn't mean that's what they're gonna do so um it's hard to look at it like that um and then looking at Devonte Freeman you have him as a maybe I think that's appropriate just because it'd be hard to say that you have to sit him just because he's uh the number one running back, um, but I just think I can see him struggling against San Francisco because they allow the fewest points to running backs, um, and they really allow the third fewest fantasy points to the position um, with the second least amount of total touchdowns. I think they have three on the year, and their receptions to running backs are poor too. Um, they have the fourth fewest with 55, so. In their last three games to opposing running backs, um, Aaron Jones did really poorly with three PPR points in the past game. Uh, Mark Ingram only had seven, and uh, so did Alvin Kamara. So I think um, Devontae Freeman, you know, he, in recent seasons, he's kind of just been on, like, a downward spiral. Um, So I think this is not the week to trust that he's going to just suddenly, like, go back up the hill. So.
0: I've got three playoff teams with Freeman on them. I'm not starting him in any, and I've already mentioned two of them. I'm playing yeah. Mostert over him. Um, I guess another one. I have Mostert and Samuel both as flexes, and Freeman's on the bench. Even AJ Brown, I could, I could, you know, I could, I could put Samuel in the wide receiver spot and flex Freeman instead of Brown. But I don't feel like doing any of that. I feel like right. I'm again, I'm avoiding Freeman where I can. I, again, as a maybe because of the volume, but. Uh, and I, you know, I wasn't automatically benching him. I, I, you know, I went through the numbers and I considered it. And I, I'm looking at it, and I, I trust all those guys over him. So, yeah. um, I think it's a good indication of where it's a maybe, but it's definitely a maybe where we're we're not as a, uh, as, uh, you know, as enthusiastic about.
1: Not a hopeful, yeah.
0: Um, all right. So next game, uh, it's a actually we go back to a, a playoff game from last year, and uh, both these teams are fighting to get in the playoffs with this game. So, uh, you know, a lot of uh, A lot of playoff talk here, fantasy playoffs as well. So, Braden, Rams at Cowboys. What are we doing here?
2: So I'm going to start off with the uh, Cowboys. So Dak Prescott's been a little bit better at home in fantasy than he has on the road. He's averaging, I guess, depending on how your league's set up, Uh, mid to high 20s at home. So I think he's been, uh, I saw it the other day, he's been at least the top eight quarterback in every home game this year. So, um, also in a big game like this, he could be very dependable. Meanwhile, Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel Elliott, the Rams are allowing 123 yards per game to fantasy running backs, and it seems like he's had a decent last couple of few weeks. So, Elliott may be uh, very, very uh, dependable in this game, especially for maybe a couple of touchdowns. And then I like Michael Gallup a lot for the wide receivers because I think Amari Cooper is going to be shadowed a lot by Jalen Ramsey. I think – Cooper will be snuffed out. So I have Cooper as a maybe, but if there's any receiver you should start, to me it's Michael Gallup. The Rams are allowing 160 yards per game to receivers. Uh, And Gallup, I think since he's come back from injuries, has been putting up consistent numbers besides probably that game in New England. And then on the uh, Rams side for starts, uh, Robert Woods, it's been good to see him come back the last few weeks. He's had four straight games with 15-plus points. He got his first receiving touchdown last week, and the targets have been going up. So um, while the Rams are fighting for a playoff spot here, uh, Goff's really been dependent on Woods. Uh, Cooper Cup, I think you also got to start him because this Cowboys secondary to me is just uh, so untrustable right now. Todd Gurley looks like he's going back to form as well. So I'd start him. Um, I'd be a little skeptical, Gurley, but I think you'd rather probably start him than sit him. And then I guess the last start I have for the Rams is Tyler Higby. He's got three straight games with at least six targets or more, uh, two straight games of double-digit fantasy points, and I believe Gerald Everett's out again this week with injuries. So uh, Higby, kind of like Woods, has kind of become more dependable uh, from golf with this team fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, Meanwhile, in the maybe category, I mentioned Amari Cooper. I just don't like the matchup going up against probably Jalen Ramsey on Sunday. Um, Meanwhile, I think Jason Witten and Randall Cobb. They always have the chance to maybe string together a lot of catches. So um, I think if you need to start them, they're worth it a little bit. And then I would say Jared Goff as well. Like I said, I think this Dallas secondary, uh, they just just look kind of, you know, they look really weak right now. So uh, Goff's kind of been playing well the last couple few weeks. They've really utilized off the play action. So I think Goff will have some chances there. Uh, the only must I have, and and honestly, I'd consider dropping him in some leagues, was Brandon Cooks. I, I know he had zero points last week, uh, maybe a couple few weeks before that as well. So um, at this point, I don't know if you really even need to roster Brandon Cooks this late in the season. So uh, that's pretty much it on that game. What do you guys think?
0: I mean, he only played, and it looked like he was healthy, uh, 39% of the snaps last week, which strangely was actually more than Cooper Cup. Uh, who Cooper only ended up playing 29% of the snaps. Josh oh, really? Reynolds Josh Reynolds played 66% of the snaps. Uh, it seemed like they were going to... Uh, Johnny Munt. the second tight end, played 71. So it, it seemed like last week their game plan was to use the two tight end set a lot more, uh, which doesn't leave them with a slot receiver. And uh, they didn't like putting Cup on the outside, it seems. Uh, it seems like they only played the slot 29% of the times, and that's when Cup was on the field. And when they were in two wide receiver sets, it was mostly woods and Reynolds. So that's interesting. I don't know that that's necessarily the approach for this week. I think that was more game plan specific for last week. Uh, although Higby's seen over 90% of the snaps last two weeks. So I like the call of, of start and he's a very strong start this week. I almost benched Mark Andrews for him in one league. Uh, I guess thankfully I didn't, although maybe, maybe Higby outproduces Andrews. So we'll see, maybe it was the wrong decision. We'll find out, but I, I certainly think it that it's, it, you know, Andrews with the injury and, and, uh, I mean, actually, a favorable matchup, but at least with those injury concerns, I think that's a good idea of how high I, I'm on, on Higby that I would right. consider benching a guy like Andrews. So I've been, you know, really high on even before the season started. Um, th- so uh, yeah, I, I have no issue here. The only, I actually have one question. You have Jason Witten as a maybe, and Kayla earlier you had Larry Fitzgerald as a maybe. I know in one league I'm in, um, it's a tight end premium, and I looked at the numbers and basically even with the tight end premium, their their production is basically equal. Uh with the tight end premium, Fitz is only outscored uh Witten by four point nine points this season. Uh and it, it was that week one where he had the twenty-five point, and I really it seems like that week was the the difference maker because Witten's best week was twenty points. So um, you know, numbers wise they're pretty much equal and both matchups aren't the greatest. What do you guys think, Fitzgerald or Witten? I want to hear for that from both of you.
2: Ooh. Um I'd probably honestly go. I like Fitzgerald, honestly, a little more. I, I, I don't know why. I just I, I, I think the biggest reason is Witten, out of everyone in Dallas right now, just seems like he's, he's not getting as much uh, chances or opportunities. I think Fitzgerald has the bigger uh, chance to maybe have big yardage, especially um, on bigger plays from Arizona. Dallas will throw a lot more short, quicker passes to, to Witten. So it's, it's definitely tough, but I'd maybe go Fitzgerald.
0: Yeah, I, it's one of the the hardest decisions I have this week. Kayla, what do you think?
1: I'm going to take Fitzgerald also um, just because I think uh, the Cleveland-Arizona game could get uh, to be a blowout at some level. So I think, you know, when Cleveland's going to be up by a lot, Arizona could, you know, do a lot better in garbage time, and that's when uh, Fitzgerald could get more of those uh, looks his way. But also, like, when I was previewing it uh, – even though you know Fitzgerald in recent seasons has gone down in fantasy production, he every week comes into the game with the possibility of catching every single ball that's thrown his way, and um, he's. I mean, Kyler Murray still looks for him in the red zone when they get there. Um, Jason Witten could be wide open as could be, and Dak Prescott doesn't look his way. Um, so well. The I thing also is, think, w- hey, I'm not done. Okay. Um, okay. I also I'm sorry. think <laughs> the Dallas game um and the Rams could actually be a close game. Um, but it could also be low scoring. Uh whatever Dallas's problem is, uh it's not getting better. So I also think, you know the Rams also said that they're gonna go back to Todd Gurley a little bit more, but if you're not using your players on the outside, you know, you're talking about the snap count for Cooper Cup, that blows my mind. Um, but I get it with a two tight end set. But um if you're not using the guys that have been proven to produce for you, then how do you expect to score with a quarterback who's been struggling this year? So I just think both teams are, are poor. Um I think Witten needs a touchdown to have a good fantasy day. And I don't necessarily think Fitzgerald needs a touchdown to have a good fantasy day.
0: So the point that I was just going to quickly interrupt you on. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm really rude. You, you, you get, it's good that you put me in my place. Uh, Witten actually leads the Cowboys in red zone targets. Believe it or not, he's got 13. Now, Fitzgerald also has 13 red zone targets. So they're, again, the numbers have it pretty much dead equal. Uh, and then we look at the narratives. And I certainly look at where these defenses are the rams defense they're fighting for their playoff lives you know they're going to give it their best performance the browns their best defensive days are behind them when once miles garrett left i know that first game without him they kind of the, the whole defense kind of you know had to get, be reinvigorated right you lose your best player sometimes that first game everyone's like oh we all have to give it our all and it makes things kind of you know, a bit better but now they they've kind of struggled back into defensive mediocrity so uh not that they're packing it in yet but i certainly think the rams have more to play for so With that being said, I'd I'd rather play the defense against the defense that doesn't have as much to play for. And uh, the other thing, too, is this is Arizona's last home game this year, if I'm not mistaken. This could very well be Fitzgerald's last home game. So, uh, you know, maybe with with not too much to play for, could Kingsbury maybe try and target him a little more? Give him a, a really nice day as a send off to the Arizona fans. So, um before you guys mentioned anything, I already had Fitzgerald in over and, you know, hearing it from you, it just kind of confirms that. So I think that's where I'm going. But it, again, it's super close to the point where we're talking about these really thin narratives just to kind of kind of split the hairs.
1: I really think, though, that Larry Fitzgerald doesn't retire. I think he's so close uh, to so many records that, you know, you look at the team is not going to win a Super Bowl with him, no matter how many more years he plays. So... Last year was obvious, and was it disappointing? Yes, but he still came back this year, and you know, his catches are going down, um, his touchdowns are going down from, like, what we'd like to see from a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but um, he didn't have to come back this year. I mean, he is coming back to another offense that has to start over, in my opinion, Um, so I think... You know, he's such a team player, which is another reason why he comes back. But he also sees personal accolades that, you know, are within reach. So while it's a possibility, I think he's not done.
0: All right. That's fair. Uh, But again, I think either way, I'm going to go with Fitz over Witten this week. Um, And then, yeah. So, yeah. So I just wanted to ask that one because of all my decisions, like I said, that might have been the hardest one where I I really couldn't decide. So um, thank you for helping me there okay um, more... i have a
1: question sorry real quick would yeah. you play cooper cup or tyrell williams oh cooper cup okay
0: uh again i'm i'm really scared williams is going to be on Boye. um i know i know Braden had him in a maybe but i'm more of the williams is a, almost a must-sit this week so that, that's that's me i again that might be biased there but um how about you Braden? what would you do i mean i guess you have cooper cup as a must start so i'm assuming you would also play cup over williams yeah
2: yeah, I think just Cup always has the bigger chance to go off. I mean, he was shut down a couple games this year, but again, I think you you talk about Rams fighting for their playoff lives right now. Golf, golf's really playing hard to try to try to spread the ball around, and and uh, you know, so so I think Cup's a little bit more trustable. The only reason I guess with Williams is again, I think Oakland their last game there before moving to Vegas next year is it's, it's going to be a crazy day for the Raiders, so. But I, I think Cup has a little more upside. All right.
0: Yeah. Uh, so there, I, hope that, I hope that helps, Kayla. Um, <laughs> now, uh, again, playoff implications. We got a big one Sunday night. Bills at Steelers. And this may not be the big offensive explosion, but I'm actually really looking forward to this game. This might be one of those good, low-scoring games that's really close but super entertaining. Um, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to it anyway. Kayla, uh, why don't you uh, tell us what to look forward to in fantasy here?
1: Yeah, so this game was flexed in the season to Sunday Night Football this week because of the implications for both teams. Um, Whether you're aware or not, Buffalo can still win the division and bump the Patriots down to the fifth seed. So I'm going to be a pretty big Bills fan this week. Um, But yeah, uh, Pittsburgh, despite... You know, their injuries, you know, with James Conner missing so many games as of late and and their top wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, kind of failing expectations now that he was the number one guy and he's been out and they've just been had so many injuries. They're still, you know, they still control their own destiny. So each team has a lot on the line, a lot to play for. Um, But if we start with Buffalo, I think Devin Singletary should have a lot of opportunities to run the ball. And he's been really successful with yards per carry and is getting a lot of uh, touches like he's been a lead back in the league for years. Um, Buffalo has the confidence in him. Uh, They, instead of going from a committee like they did at the beginning of the year, um, well, their game plan at the beginning of the year before Singletary was injured in the first game, um, they had him and Gore as a committee, but now, you know, for recent weeks, they've had Singletary as the starter. Um, I think he's going to have to help move the ball a lot because I think Josh Allen's going to struggle. And he has a good opportunity to do so, in my opinion, just with the way that he gets uh, the yards on the ground. Um, I think you can play him with confidence. I'm excited to see what he can do against um, one of the better defenses in the league. Um, And then the only other must start I have for Buffalo is wide receiver Cole Beasley. Um, I think he's the best wide receiver option right now. And he has uh, now scored for the third straight week. And two of those were against defenses uh, with Baltimore and Denver. So um, he'll face tough coverage with either uh, Minka Fitzpatrick or Joe Hayden. But Um, his in-game adjustments are there and it's allowing him to score. So he's been a safety blanket for Josh Allen. And I think no matter who he sees or if there's a combination of different guys, I think uh, he, he has the best opportunity to help Buffalo in this game. Um, If it is low scoring and they, like you said, Kyle, um, which I think it could be, and they have, you know, very few passing touchdowns. I think Beasley is the one that does it. Um, So, Possibly you could consider starting Josh Allen. Um, he had a tough time against a good defense uh, with Baltimore last week and faces another tough one this week. But uh, thankfully, Pittsburgh's quarterback Devlin Hodges isn't Lamar Jackson. So the bill should have more time of possession, um, which could allow him to have a better fantasy day. Um, Baltimore, New England were the only times this year where Allen didn't get into at least 20 into the 20s and fantasy points. So um, with another good defense this week, that pattern could continue, which scares me. Um, But I think he has enough upside where you don't bench him, but I don't have full confidence to start him. And then wide receiver John Brown, he's going to have a tough time again with the defensive coverage, and he only had three catches on eight targets last week for 26 yards, so he hasn't had more than three catches in any game in the last three weeks, which is subsequently the same time frame that Beasley has really shined, so uh, I think that's important to note. Uh, And then you're going to sit other wide receivers like Isaiah McKenzie and Robert Foster. Um, McKenzie's hardly being used, and he's not getting a lot of yards uh, per catch, so there's no reason to have him. And then Foster, he's not on the same page as Josh Allen, um, despite given the opportunities. He didn't haul in any of his four targets last week, so he's not worth your time. Um, and then the tight ends, Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft, they're really not being used. I think they combined for one catch last week, um, and that just doesn't – it doesn't matter that they played a tough defense. It's kind of been a pattern not really being used all year, so the matchup really doesn't matter. Um, and then for Pittsburgh, uh, you're going to start James Conner if he plays. Um, he does have a questionable designation, but he's finally practicing fully. Um, and the Steelers have downgraded uh, running backs Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels and was re- reporting them in as backups for the game. So I think that tells me that James Conner's playing. Um, Pittsburgh has been cautious with Conner's status for the last few weeks. So the fact that they've downgraded the backups tells me he plays. Um, you just got to really hope that he's ready. Uh, and then – Wide receiver Deontay Johnson, Uh, he's the number one guy again because Juju Smith-Schuster has been ruled out despite them saying he was going to play this week. Um, He was cleared to play, he was practicing, Uh, this is Juju, um, because he cleared concussion protocol, but he re-aggravated his knee injury, so he's been ruled out for the game. Um, But yeah, Deontay Johnson, uh, he scored twice last week and has had 13 targets in the last two games with Juju out, so... Uh, that tells me that he's being looked for across the field and in the end zone. Um, and then the only back that you could consider keeping on your roster for Pittsburgh is Benny Snell um, because he will play over Jalen Samuels. It's kind of been a back and forth battle throughout the year, but as of late, Snell's the backup. Um, so if Connor's injury flares or if for some reason Pittsburgh does keep out James Connor, then Benny Snell will start. Um, And then I honestly think that you have to sit Devlin Hodges, uh, the Pittsburgh quarterback. Um, His best fantasy day was last week, but he only had 17 points, give or take, depending on how your league is set up. Um, He has a 3-to-1 touchdown interception ratio in three straight games, um, but that's one touchdown per game. So Pittsburgh will likely rely on its defense and rush game. Um, So hopefully James Conner plays because he'll be in for a big day. Um, And then James Washington, the wide receiver, um, he needs a long – pass or a long touchdown to save his day i mean i guess that's technically a long pass so if it's a long touchdown but um we saw two long scores two weeks in a row but when that's taken away his production is to be forgotten so um something else to note tight end vance mcdonald is ruled out with a concussion so nick Vanett's going to start in place of him but no pittsburgh quarterback has been able to connect with tight ends this year so i don't think that changes with you know the first start for Vanett here yeah.
0: I do think it's interesting that you have Johnson as a must-start and Washington as a must-sit. Are you, are you under the assumption that Washington is going to see Tredavious White and that they're going to leave Johnson in, in, the, in the lesser coverage?
1: Um, maybe, but honestly, I didn't even think about that when I was writing that. I just think that James Washington has shown the pattern where if he doesn't catch the long ball, then he only has a few short grabs for really nothing, so... Um, I, would, like I being... would feel better if those, you know, short passes for minimal yards were in the red zone and he got a touchdown. But it's not, so.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point because uh, red zone targets he has he has two this year, uh, whereas Deontay Johnson has eight red zone targets, uh, actually second on the team, tied with Juju and Jalen Samuels. The only one with more is actually Vance McDonald. Uh so yeah, so that's that's a good point there because I okay, okay so you have Johnson as a must start. Are you and because you have Beckham as a maybe, are you telling me you'd play Johnson over Beckham? Yeah. Wow. Cause I again that league where I was deciding Beckham over Bourne, I have Deontay Johnson and I didn't really oh, consider God. him an option because yeah. I I did think that there would be because I don't know how, how bills are actually going to approach that, to be honest, if they're going to have white on Johnson or white on Washington, certainly I like Johnson's upside. If he can avoid uh Tredavious white, but, um, uh, and maybe seeing Washington get success lately. And, and again, having that, that role as a deep threat, that big play potential with, with Washington. Maybe that's what they want to take away. So, uh, I will actually give some more thought to Johnson. Uh, I love the call with Connor play him. If he's playing, I know that's what I'm doing. Um, uh, but you do want to make sure you have backup options. Now, that could be Benny Snell, because if Connor doesn't go, naturally, Benny Snell's a, a really good play there. Um, I even wonder, you know, a, a receiver, not that they're, or even a Nick Vanette maybe, you know, if, if you're playing Con- Connor in a flex spot, maybe Nick Vanette, if, if there's no Connor, they may have to throw more and, uh, you know, at least an option, right, as a backup. And then you also have Monday night games as well. You could, uh, I know, if, for myself, the league I have Connor in, I've got Marcus Johnson from the Colts as a backup option. So if Connor's out, then I just I'll throw Johnson in, knowing that he's got the matchup against the Saints. We saw the 49ers did against them last week and they've had some injuries on the defense. So maybe Marcus Johnson goes off. So uh, I th- again I think Connor's a great play, but make sure you have a backup option just in case. Uh, an option that's either playing in that that uh Sunday night game or in the Monday night game. Something that you can do that where we if we find out that Connor is out, you aggravate something pre-game, you you've got players ready to, to switch in. Again, and, and ideally you'll want to play Connor as a flex. So obviously, if you're not that deep at running back and you and your Connor's in your running back spot, that really limits what you can switch him out for. Like again, you wouldn't be able to switch him out for a Marcus Johnson. So again, try and put him in the flex spot. That's due for always the latest players possible. Uh, Braden, before the last game, did you want to talk about uh, this game at all?
2: I guess with Pittsburgh it's so So hard to trust right now. I really like James Conner coming back, but they're such a shaky team. You don't know if they're going to hardly score. I mean, you talked about this being a low-scoring game. uh, But lately, they've had trouble scoring anyways. I mean, if they didn't have the punt return touchdown from Deontay Johnson last week, they uh, only scored 17 points. So I think it's a lot of questionable stuff with Pittsburgh right now. Even though they're winning games, um, there's so much unclear stuff there offensively. Uh, I would really only trust James Conner this week. But I, I think of the two wide receivers, uh, Deontay Johnson probably has the more uh, more likelihood of, of having that big playability than James Washington at this point. Um, other than that, I, I don't really know. I guess I would ask you guys. I mean, I have Pittsburgh defense and San Francisco defense, and that league, like, points allowed aren't taken into account. So it's basically oh. just turnovers and sacks. Mm. so that one i'm kind of i'm kind of not sure i think i'm starting san francisco right now
0: yeah yeah the no points definitely skews it because it, it takes away the fear of the falcons putting up a huge game uh right. again the, the only concern with the 49ers is the injuries having d ford and uh uh who's the other the other defensive lineman that's out too wow really remember these names Kyle? but uh you know <laughs> and then as well as the secondary issues it, it, that's that is tough that is tough um yeah because Josh Allen has actually been better at not turning the ball over, especially late this year. The first half of the season, he kind of got into the, those interception ways, but he really has reeled that in the last few weeks. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, considering the the, the scoring settings, I, I I also think I'd probably lean 49ers there because uh, that pass rush has been pretty relentless all year. <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay, so then we have the Monday night game. Colts at Saints. Uh, for the Saints, I mean, if you've got Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, or Alvin Kamara, you're playing them. Obviously Thomas has been the most consistent player. Um, We're going to find out next year how early he goes in drafts. Uh, But I know in dynasty, I'm not going to be shocked to see him in single quarterback leagues be the first overall pick, to be honest, especially the way wide receivers have longer careers, even in redraft though. I think he's a probably a top five pick next year, just sheer consistency. Even when, even without Drew Brees, he was still pretty consistent. Uh, And then again, play Drew Brees. We saw what he could do last week. Uh, Again, Would I, you know, projecting a top five quarterback finish for him this week against the Colts defense. That is certainly better against the run, which again, Kamara's bad week last week, maybe have some hesitation there, but Kamara is still involved as a pass catcher. He hasn't really scored touchdowns yet, but we saw the last two seasons of his, of his career, the touchdown upside that's potential on a week to week basis. He can win you weeks with his big playability. I don't actually have any Colts as must starts. Um, you could maybe consider Zach Pascal, I suppose, in the, in that category because he's uh, definitely gotten a lot of targets of late. Uh, but the truth is, uh, you know, Marlon Mack coming back, you you know would would think that might consider him a must start. But I'm a little worried about Mack in this matchup. The Saints have allowed, I think it's the the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. And if the Saints get up to a massive lead, which they have a they're favored by nine at home, so there's a strong chance that that does happen. Mack gets game scripted out because he doesn't really, he's not involved in the passing game, not like Naeem Hines is. So, um, for the Colts, the key for them is going to have to be keeping this game close and, and not, uh, not allowing the Saints to get up to a big lead, or else Marlon Mack won't be that useful. So, I don't think he's a must start, even though we did see him come back and look pretty decent last week. Like I mentioned, Zach Pascal, uh, again, led the team in targets last week with nine, got the touchdown, really productive. Uh, Jack Doyle was third on the team in targets. After Marcus Johnson as well, uh so act- actually, i don't, did I put Marcus? I didn't put Marcus Johnson here, but I, I would also consider him a maybe. I mean, again, I, always, I already mentioned I'm already playing him as a not playing him, but I'm I'm holding him as a backup option to James Conner. So if you need, if you know, and that could go for anyone in your lineup, any of those Sunday night players, even like a Josh Jacobs, maybe you know, if you, if you need a, a backup option that's playing later, I, I, Marcus Johnson, you could do worse than, especially against the Saints defense, it's allowing a lot of production. With all you know, me liking all these receivers, obviously, I like Jacoby Brissett as well. Uh, dude, you know, he's not on the same pace he was at the start of the year. I think that that knee injury that he suffered, uh, he only missed one game, but I think it did kind of affect him a little bit. And it, he hasn't quite reached that same ceiling he was reaching at the start of the year, but still not a, not a horrible play, uh, certainly in super flex. I like him a lot more than Kirk Cousins, for instance. Just off the top of my head, I know we were talking about that matchup. But we were really scared of for Cousins. I'd prefer Brissett because, again, the Saints' defense is more geared to giving up big plays. And their offense is also geared in that direction. They're going to force teams to throw. So uh, I have Josh Hill as a maybe. This is only if Jared Cook misses. Now, if you have Jared Cook as your tight end, I'm saying sit him. Because even if he plays, I don't know what kind of... You know he might be a little weary. He might be protecting himself a little more, not go up and make the tough catches that he needs to at times. Um, but if if you are if you do want to play Cook, I would recommend having Hill on your team. And if, that way, if Cooks out, it's real easy tight end swap one to the other. So definitely link those two players together. And uh, if Cooks, I mean uh, again, if Cooks in, I don't really like playing either. But if Cooks out, I think Josh Hill actually is a, a viable play. And then Traquan Smith and Ted Ginn. Um, They've come alive recently, and Breeze, it seems like he's gotten his arm back. And uh, after a tough loss last week, I, you got to f- get the feeling that they're going to try and get an early lead, throw the ball often, so we could look for a lot of Tra-Quinn and, and uh, Traquan Smith and, and Ted Ginn targets. So uh, consider them maybes. I have Naeem Hines as a sit, but really, he could get more work than Max. So maybe, maybe a sit's a little too harsh on him, but the truth is he hasn't really... He got goal line work when Mark was, Mack was out. I don't think that's going to happen this game. I think it's going to go back to, to Mack. Uh, but again, if, if you believe in the game script that the Saints are going to blow out the Colts completely, you might actually consider playing Hines because of his pass-catching role. I have Latavius Murray as a sit, though. He does catch passes at times, but for the most part, it's groundwork, and that's where the Colts' defense is strongest, especially since Darius Leonard's been back. I know they struggled early in the year when he was out, but I don't really like Latavius Murray this week at all. Um, so, Braden Kayla... <laughs> In whichever order you choose, um, and we want to comment about this game.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, so Marlon Mack, I like what you said about the game script for sure. Um, so I think it's important to note though that the Saints are going to be without Sheldon Rankins and Marcus Davenport. Um, and they could also be without AJ Klein and Kiko Alonso. AJ Klein's dealing with a knee injury, and Kiko Alonso is dealing with a thigh injury. Um, so both of them, um, so both of them are out in week 14 against San Francisco, so if they both are out again, I think that really opens up New Orleans' defense, and we saw how many points um, went back and forth in that game. So I think if uh, Indianapolis can hang with them, and uh, but that's also if Indy is able to run. So I think if all of those things happen, then Marlon Mack has a good game. But I think, you know... It's, I also think it's not out of the, the question to think that all that could happen. And let's just say, you know, Klein does play, but Alonzo doesn't, or Alonzo does play and Klein doesn't. Then I, I still like the odds of that. I don't think both need to be out for him to have a successful day on the ground, but Indianapolis has to show that they can run the ball in that situation. Um, so I might be a little bit more high on Mac than you are, but um, I definitely think that it's possible that he doesn't have a good game either. Um, and then I wanted to hit on Pascal, Zach Pascal, just because um, I know he's done well recently with T.Y. Hilton out, but there was one game. Let me see if I can find. Um, he was the number one receiver coming into the game. After, mm-hmm. It was a game after they played Pittsburgh when he came in and he had 76 yards for a touchdown against him. Oh, it was the Dolphins of all teams. Yeah,
0: yeah. I remember I was I was telling him really highly that week and I, I, yeah, I had him I, in my DFS article, too.
1: Yeah, I actually had picked up Pascal without Hilton being out in, like, week seven, seeing that they were going to play Miami, and I knew I had people on by, and I was excited. He had seven targets in that game, but he only had two catches for 26 yards, so that was really disappointing. Um, And then when Hilton was—did Hilton play against Jacksonville? I don't know, but he still had— I believe he he
0: came back for the Houston game.
1: Okay, so when he played uh, Jacksonville, he still only had two catches on six targets for 17 yards, Um, but he did explode against Tennessee for 109 yards and on seven catches, and he had five for 74 last week against uh, Tampa Bay, who, you know, is awful in the past, Um, and he had a touchdown. But um, apparently T.Y. Hilton told The Athletic that he could play on Monday night. So if uh, he does play, then that – Automatically downgrades Pascal. Um, So then the emergence of Marcus Johnson, um, I think he's more of a sleeper in you know deeper leagues that you would have him. But uh, I think if Hilton plays, then the whole shuffle of who you should start at wide receiver totally goes out the window. So
0: that's that is true. There is I guess some concern Uh, because in that game in that game Hilton came back. Pascal had one target, zero catches.
1: Right. So. So, it's important to monitor the status of him, but just because Hilton's out doesn't make me want to immediately play Pascal. But I think because Indianapolis is going to chase points, that's why you do it.
0: Yeah. And I also think one thing that's happened since those games, no Eric Ebron anymore, who I know even in that Houston game where Pascal was completely shut out, it was Ebron who led the team in, in uh, both receptions and, and receiving yards. So, you know, it's not, it's not just about Hilton being out too. Chester Rogers played that game. So you know that just because of how that core has been so decimated. I know I'm I've got Pascal going in one of my leagues. Uh, it's I'm probably going to be behind Monday night, and I've got him and, and Kamara going in that Monday night game, so they'll definitely be stressing some <laughs> some uh, stressful moments in that game for sure. Uh, Braden, did you want to add anything?
2: Um, not much. I mean, I guess Jacoby Brissett's a guy out of all people for Indianapolis that I would trust in this game because last week at Tampa Bay he was he was really uh, thriving off those deep balls. So especially with a, even a uh, weekend receiving court, I'd still tr- uh, trust Jacoby Brissett, especially if this game gets out of hand. So uh, he's the guy I'm trusting the most with Indianapolis. And then I was kind of surprised. You said Ted Dean jr. And Trey Clon Smith have uh, had pretty big games lately. Cause I mean, I just kind of stopped paying attention to him really uh, with the starts of the year they had. So, I mean, it was really just climb... one game.
0: It was really just last week, to be fair, and it was because that yeah. game had ninety points scored.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I guess if 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 you have them, uh, I'm kind of interested how you have them right now. Um, but <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, not much to add on that game.
0: That's true for maybe's. They're probably more on the the weaker side of maybe's than a lot of other players we talked about today. Uh, so yeah, good point there. That uh, it's and again. I think it's more just maybe again maybe too much in the narrative of the saints coming off a disappointing loss and knowing that they they're you know right now they're not in a position to get a first round buy that the packers are suddenly ahead of them so uh if the packers lose that opens things up for them to to reclaim that that uh, that two seed with a win so um not that the packers are going to lose <laughs> uh we'll see <laughs> we'll find out that tomorrow and we'll find out about all these results and hopefully uh, you'll find out if you make it to the fantasy championships next uh, that again in most leagues will be next week. So uh, hopefully we were all able to help you out here. I know we kind of helped each other here too. So we're all here to help and support and uh, you could still tag us on Twitter for your questions throughout the weekend. Uh, I'm at Yama underscore n y a m a underscore K S Kayla at Morton salt 74. I know most of my sit start questions. I usually filter through her before anyone else. So uh definitely uh feel free to, to tag her and, and Braden as well at eBearCat9. Correct?
2: Yep. My yep. brain's
0: a little much too thinking about too much <laughs> fantasy football, not enough about Twitter accounts. Uh but yeah so at eBearcat9 for Braden. You can also follow the podcast uh at FPC underscore fantasy pod. Um be sure to check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review and subscribe. Uh, also check us out on the full press radio network that is streaming 24 hours a day seven days a week we're in syndication on there but there's also tons of great fancy uh full press coverage content uh that's produced on on the radio network so uh be sure to check that out again whenever you want it's always there's always something on um so on behalf of both brayden and kayla actually do you guys have anything to say before we leave
1: go dolphins as always
2: and Uh, cat yeah yeah, Joe Chiefs big win last week, so so um, yeah, very excited to see how they do this week against Drew Locke. Uh, Kansas City kid coming home, so should be a fun game, and it's going to be a snow game, so I think that'll be even more exciting to watch.
0: Yeah, I know we previewed that game uh, last episode, but yeah, uh, definitely yeah. interesting to see, you know, if Drew Locke this two game hot streak's been going, if it, if it continues here, so yeah, it'll be definitely something to, to watch uh and uh yeah so again thank you both uh go pack go <laughs> and we're saying it and uh i guess uh, hashtag cat farm 2019 that's that we're still we're still promoting that
1: yes always. it's a year-long promotion
0: all uh, right well yeah and again we only have two weeks left so we'll have to change the hashtag for the <laughs> for january but uh, yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll still be talking <laughs> Still be meowing about that
1: yep check me out
0: <laughs> all right um so, anyway, <laughs> thank you all for listening to the Full Press Fantasy Pod.